So, hormones. I mean, like, what the fuck? They have been the bane of my existence my whole life. Kicking around in the background and sometimes goddamn taking over and causing chaos for what seems to me like forever. I was quite a late developer. Well, that's what my mum always said. I was painfully thin and bullied for it for most of my days in high school. It seemed to me that puberty had passed me by. And when all the other girls' bodies were changing, mine stayed the same, frozen in time. I used to lie in the bath at night looking down at my childlike body with its little nap-bite nipples and pray for my boobs to grow and my body to develop. It felt as if every girl in my class had started their periods years before me and I was so self-conscious. I desperately wanted mine to start too. It consumed me so much, making me very unhappy. I put a silly, unhealthy amount of pressure on myself for such a young person and so unnecessarily. But I really did feel like there was something wrong with me. My mum had taught me about the birds and bees at a young age, around seven or eight. I remember it like it was yesterday. She was in the bath, me sitting next to her and listening to her explain how babies were made and telling me that I would at some point start my periods. I felt incredibly grown up to have been privy to this extremely adult conversation and thought it must mean that I would soon encounter all that she was telling me. Perhaps that's why I put pressure on myself for it all to happen as quickly as possible. However, it took almost another seven or eight years before I did get my first period. Yes, you've done the maths. I was 16. Looking back now, I know I was actually very fortunate that some of the girls in my class started theirs when they were as young as 10 or 11. But at the time, I was so envious of them. Surely they were women now. I now think it's too young an age to have to grow up, to deal with that level of responsibility, pain and discomfort, not to mention the embarrassment at gym time or swimming classes. It's so unfair. You are still just a kid. Back then, though, because I did not feel part of this grown-up club, I was so self-conscious. In every human biology class, I was convinced that the very handsome Mr. Wright, who I think we all had a crush on, would ask us to raise our hands and say who had started their periods. And I would have to lie, but then I wouldn't have any information about how it felt because it wasn't true. I mean, like, that was ever going to happen. But the bottom line is that when I eventually started, I felt my life had really begun. And I was now going to be accepted into every friendship group, including the mean kids group. Looking back over my life, I realised my hormones have ruled and controlled me, as dramatic as that sounds, running a roller coaster of emotions and feelings that weren't my own, like an alien invasion of my body. They seriously have a lot to answer for, and I'm sure you will be able to relate whatever your age. I felt the turbulence they caused each month in varying degrees, manifesting in sadness, irritability, anger, emotional outbursts, crippling anxiety. And some days I really did not like who I was or recognize myself at all. And this went on for years, way beyond my adolescence. 
The irony is not lost on me that I ended up working as a model in my first job, when clearly I already had issues with my body image. I would look in the mirror and the body dysmorphia would be so real and so illogically terrifying that I didn't want to leave the house, let alone turn up on a photo shoot where I would be working with strangers, wearing clothes that weren't mine and which quite possibly wouldn't fit me due to my swollen, water-retentive body. I knew I would be scrutinised on set, having been primped and preened and squeezed into the tiny sample sizes swinging from the stylist's rail, experiencing feelings of horror and dread in the knowledge that I would have to dig deep and somehow deliver. Looking back now, I could recognise that is perhaps where my deep-rooted issues of imposter syndrome stemmed from. The worry of never being enough and of being turned away from shoots as I didn't look like my model card or ad in person. That I wasn't good enough, pretty enough, slim enough. Now, this wasn't every day, of course, and I did have some incredible clients who I worked with repeatedly. We travelled all over the world together and had the best time. And I look back on these moments fondly, as they were some of my favourites over my modelling career. The scary, intimidating times came in Paris and Milan, where the work was very serious and the agents and clients could be very mean. On occasion, I would be told to go home from shoots because the clothes didn't fit me, often because my breasts were too big for the tiny size zero clothes. I was told to lose weight multiple times, which I wasn't happy about. Having been such a skinny kid and bullied for that, it just didn't sit well with me that now I had developed into the woman I had longed to be and finally my little nap bites had grown. Be careful what you wish for, kids. I was being told I didn't fit in there either. That sense of not being welcome or good enough continued into my 20s. And when you are told something enough times, you do start to believe it. I don't blame the industry exactly. It's just how fashion works. Seasons change, different body shapes are in or out. Obviously, these days designers are so much more aware and conscious of inclusivity. But back then, most seasons, it was about models having superhuman body shapes and being long and lean clothes horses for designers to hang their creations on. Nothing looked good on me at this time of the month, and I would literally go through every item in my wardrobe in despair, as ridiculous as that sounds, the anxiety and dislike for myself being so real. If I'm honest, I only truly felt like myself for about five days each month, usually when I started to bleed. Then I would feel relief washing over me that A, I wasn't pregnant, and B, that I would not be a slave to my hormones for just a few days. I was lucky as I didn't struggle with too much pain or cramps, at least nothing that a few painkillers couldn't handle. Instead, experiencing some bloating, breast tenderness and pimples, not only around my chin, but also on my butt. Does anyone else suffer with those? Very embarrassing and quite frankly painful. And when picked, they scar, be warned. The rise and fall of my hormone levels throughout those 28-day cycles, in particular progesterone, or hormone, I now know that I, like many other women, am extremely sensitive to, called the shots and dictated my moods for 30 years, making me moody, grumpy, angry, agitated and hungry, always craving chocolate and sweet treats. It was a real yo-yo of emotions. Testosterone was also a key factor, 
and now it has upped and left my body, leaving my libido pretty much on the floor. This is the complete opposite to who I was as a young woman, when my sex drive went through the roof from month to month. As the rise of this hormone caused a surge of yearning, sometimes taking me over, causing me to make silly mistakes with men. When I look back, I definitely blame the surges and changes happening in my body. I speak with lots of younger women who struggle with anxiety and sadness throughout the month, just as I did. We were never taught at school about the potential impact of our cycles on our mental health. There was no focus on the problems we might encounter. We were just left to work it all out on our own. Hormones, weirdly, are never considered by anyone, even professionals, to be the issue when we are struggling. They are not ever at the top of the list of potential contributing factors to our state of mind or body issues. Our hormones are clever and they like to trick us with their lack of consistency and their rebellious attitude. They have the power to create a storm within and it's all beyond our control. I now know only too well the anguish caused by the fluctuation of the levels in my body affecting so many areas of my health. And this is something that I think we should all be talking more about and from an earlier age. But I also think we should be starting the conversation much sooner about what happens after our fertile years. The menopause can and will affect everyone in diverse ways. Dr. Nigga Arif, a very well-known and respected NHS doctor, told me that some women of colour don't think it can happen to them, and that it's just for white people. That is a measure of how undereducated we have all been when it comes to this. But menopause is not just a white middle class person's problem. It affects all women of all races and cultures.